0: Well, good morning, everybody. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star. Whether you're down here in Compass, you're in the theater, up in the chapel, or watching online this morning, we are so glad you are here for this very last week in our Tension series, and it's been a fun few weeks in our Tension series. We talked about busyness and margin. We've talked about grace and works. We've talked about faith and doubt. We have talked about living versus giving. We have, we have walked into tension, but probably no more than what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to let you get ahead a little bit. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 19. That's where we're going to camp out in the morning. Uh, if you got your notes Sheet on the way in. It is the very best way to follow along, or go to the app. It has all the blanks for you. <clears throat> if you go to North Star Church, Georgia, in the App Store, and that will uh, that's the easiest way. And I think even on the bottom of your notes, you can scan it in, and it will take you right to that site. But it, it is a week. I promise you, you're going to want to take notes because If you are in this season right now, you're going to feel it. If you are not in this season, you need to remember it or you need to know that it's coming. And that's what we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But before I move on any further, I can't go uh, anymore. And I know this was talked about. We just watched a video about it. But Friday night was a picture of what the church is about. And Courtney Miller and her team, and there were four hundred volunteers that made the night happen would y'all thank the lord for the great night we had the other night it was awesome and our Chick-fil-A partners in Ackworth and Brookstone provided all the dinners for the volunteers and the kids. And then 1885 provided dinner for all the families. And so the parents got to have their own room. So they're up in True North and they watch it on the big screen. They watch this room. It's it's a pretty cool deal. There was some serious dancing happening in this room Friday night. I just want you to know it was really, really good. And then last Tuesday night, this is pretty awesome. Last Tuesday night sellers and our wave college ministry if you're in college over there wave real quick a lot of our college kids there were 384 at their skate night the other night would y'all thank the lord for what god's doing and wave right now pretty awesome pretty awesome remember we've said this every week right in your outline ready some things in life are not problems to be solved but they are what Tensions. tensions to be managed Some things in life are not problems to be solved. They're tensions to be managed. There are some things that you are going to face in life there are not answers for. I think all of us want a push, pull, click, click answer. And if I do this, then I get that. We like like an equation that there's a solve to it. There is no solve to any of these tensions. Faith and doubt, you're always going to wrestle with it. Living and giving... You're always going to wrestle with it. Busyness and margin, well, if you're an achiever and you want to work and you want to do things, there's always this this tension that you live with. And remember, tensions are not bad. In fact, healthy tension can be really, really good. But I don't know if there's a tension that's felt more than the tension of my spouse and my children. Question to start us, is... Your spouse, if you're married, is your spouse important? Yes or no? Yes. If you hesitated, 1-800-NORSTAR-Counseling. Star counseling right, that's, what, that's whatever you need to call. All right, so yes. <laughs> Are your children important? Yes or no? Yes. 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 How do you manage both and do it right? That's what we're going to talk about today. Matthew chapter 19. Would y'all stand with me? In honor of reading God's word together, Matthew chapter 19. If you're new to North Star, we believe that that this book addresses everything you're gonna face in life, good or bad. We believe that all the answers to what we're gonna walk through in life are found here. Jesus has asked a question about divorce. He responds and then we capture this piece of what he says about marriage. Matthew 19, haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, they record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since they're no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Sounds easy, but it isn't. And that's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Father, would you walk in these spaces and places where we are tuned in this morning, whether we're sitting live in a room or we're watching from somewhere live. And God, for these few short minutes that we have, God, may we leave a little better. God, may we be better in our faith, understanding the role faith plays in the story. Father, may we be better in the work of marriage, and the work of parenting. God, we didn't get, go to all the trouble to get out today to get in the rain and drive over here on this nasty day without wanting something a little more than what we've already got going. And Father, we just pray today that you'll step into our hearts, step into our lives, and help us be who you created us to be. And Father, that is our prayer, and we pray it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said? All right, before you're seated, I've got a very spiritual question. You need to ask the person around you, Eagles or Chiefs? All right, do it real quick, and then you can... full wedding season so it's about it's about to commence I think last year I did 12 or 15 weddings and this year I'm sure I'll have a a whole crew of them coming and you're about to get into wedding season so typically at a venue somewhere in Georgia there's a young couple getting married used to be here how many of y'all got married at a church raise your hand if you got married at a church right that's last year I think we did one wedding on our campus one last year Everybody gets married at venues and other places, and that's all great. So at a venue somewhere, though, there's a minister standing with a young couple who's about to enter life together, and it's all starting. So to give us a little visual today, would y'all welcome up Chris and Caitlin Mullins up to our stage today? Come on up, guys. So April the 19th, 2013, oh, uh, what happened? I mean, is there any, any answer? I don't know what happened. And it really is what happened to you. It's what happened to Hoover back there. Look at Daniel. Lord have mercy. The boy had some flowing golden locks back then. But anyways, I saw he and Bonnie come in. They're somewhere in the room today. But you guys met at an altar. And you began a life, y'all can hold hands now. All right, there we go. You, you began a life together as husband and wife. And we're almost going on 10 years, right? Would y'all give them a round of applause, by the way? <laughs> almost 10 years. And Daniel stood at that altar, and y'all did premarital, did all the stuff. And you said for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. And you understood all you could about life at that point, Correct. I mean, that's just, it's what you knew. And then you come home from the honeymoon and you got to work, right? So every couple then turns shoulder to shoulder and they begin to work. And Chris is in the building industry and we bring out a ladder to represent the building industry. And you begin, you begin to do, you begin to do life and work's just part of it, right? You can't live on your looks. Chris. All right, but anyway, so you can't, can't make a living off that. And so you begin to do life together as a husband and wife, and then the joys of life begin, and you begin to do laundry. Laundry's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Because two socks go in, one comes out. We don't know what happens, but dryers eat socks, but life begins to happen. You don't have to straighten. You're not in charge of the props, all right? Just go along. You can't find good help anywhere. I'm just telling you, you can't find anywhere. So, life begins to happen. Is work good, yes or no? Yes. Kalen's working. Chris is working. They gotta figure out who's doing the laundry, or it, we call laundry purgatory, actually, and so it just goes, and it can never leave, actually, and so you might just go find stuff out of it, but you got laundry, and then you're blessed, with a child And so you got stroller, you got diapers, but even better, you have Riggins. There we go. You got Mr. Riggins. If you look up Riggins, hit that name's in Leviticus or in Friday Night Lights. I'm not real sure, but anyways, it's up. You got Riggins. And are, are children a wonderful thing? Yes or no. Oh, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. But there's a lot of stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff you got. If you've ever been on vacation, if you've if you've never been on vacation with kids when they're little, it's an art to packing, right? And then they begin to grow. <laughs> oh yes. Miss <laughs> Scout comes out. And not only do they grow, but what I love, this is what I love about this. Scout worked her mom for a new top, all right? And so that's what kids do to you, right? So, oh, yeah, I'll come out on stage. But then you get into dance. Then you get into cheer. And then you begin to do the stuff. And this isn't a day a week. This is every day there's something going on, right? All the things, all, here's, everybody look at me. Great things. They're all great things. Cheer's great. Cheer's great. Dance is great, going to events is great, going to birthday parties is great, and then you add another one to the mix, our oldest here, Mr. Harlow, who's in baseball, he's in football, and he's doing life, and then going to lessons, right, at d going to get some hitting lessons in, and all of a sudden, we wonder, and I want the two of you to step out we wonder why marriage doesn't feel like it used to. How come we don't talk like we used to? How come we don't enjoy life like we used to? And then you've got these beautiful children who are wonderful creations, right, of the Lord, and they're busy, and their lives are busy. And it's not, well, she does this, and he, and we hadn't even gotten Riggins good and involved yet. And so you got a lot. And what I love about this, this is what's great. I said, where in the world did you get all these props? She went, the back of our van. All right, that's where we got. They were all in the back of the van. They're just riding around with stuff. But here's why I want you to see this. This is the life of a West Cobb, North Paulding family. And what began as this sweet, innocent little couple staring each other in the eye and they couldn't get enough of each other, almost 10 years later, when they were standing at the altar with Daniel, they didn't see all this coming. And they aren't going to figure it out because some things in life are not problems to be solved. They are what? tensions to be managed. To build a marriage in the middle of this is going to take some work, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Would y'all give the Mullins family a great round of applause? Y'all rock. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. How do we do it? I look at this, and it makes my heart quiver, all right, because I remember those days. I remember those divide-and-conquer days of our kids growing up. The question isn't, well, what all do we get rid of? Maybe none of it. The question is, how do we build a great marriage in the middle of it? Okay, so maybe today you're here, and you're married, and this is your season, right? Today is going to be spot-on for you. Maybe you walked in today and you are currently not married, but it's something that you see coming in the future, take good notes, all right? Because these are things you're gonna have to manage or things you're gonna have to walk through. Maybe today you're in that season of life that you're thinking about your children and your grandchildren, but here's the deal. Even after your kids go and leave the house, and we'll talk about this here in a second, you are gonna have to do some things to make it palatable and to build a life in marriage that you thought you did were going to do the day you got married. So Ann and I got married October the 26th, 1991 in Charleston, West Virginia. And I remember, I love being in front of crowds. I liked being in front of crowds as a kid. I liked it in college. I liked it as an adult. But that day was different. Standing at an altar in Charleston, West Virginia, saying "I do," boy, my heart was beating fast, and I'm all nervous. And my friends had come up from Liberty, and and Anna had all her family. I had a couple friends from home there, but everybody was in the crowd. And I remember the pastor going, "Mike, do you take Beth, who is Ann's sister?" And I'm like is this like a West Virginia custom? Right, I don't know what to say now. Don't, I'm in, in Anne. And, and so the, the marriage goes on. We say, I do. And then we move to Atlanta, Georgia. We moved to Kennesaw. I was already living here. Anne moves here. And we began life as a husband and a wife. And we learned a great principle. And it's our baseline principle this morning. I want you to write it in. You've got to fight for unity. You've got to fight for it. Great Things in life don't just happen. You fight for them. I love great leaders. I love great athletes. I love people that achieve great things. The one common denominator of all those people, they, all do, they choose to do the things others refuse to do. Marriage is the same way. You've got to fight for unity. Here's why. Because life is going to fight against you. The longer you live life is going to try to pull the two of you apart. So if every couple begins here, and then they turn shoulder to shoulder in life, which you have to do, you don't just get to sit and stare at each other the rest of your life. You've got to turn shoulder to shoulder. You have to work, and you have to do life. Well, every day and everything can either push us further apart Or we can fight for unity and we can continue, even in the midst of this, to come back together. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew. And I love how he said it in this passage when Jesus said, Let no one separate. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Life is going to try to split you. And I want everybody to look at me. Your children, as wonderful and as a gift that they are, will cause division if you do not work at it. They are great gifts, but they can divide you. They can pit you against each other We were convinced Mary Michael had law degree when she was a child because she would work me over and work me against Anne. It was the craziest thing. You're like, how do you, Anne told her no? Well, then she comes to me, she's wanting the yes from me and she's working me like a seasoned lawyer. I'm like, I'm in an interrogation room with a light on me. And and that's what happens in life, right? We have to fight for unity. How do we do that? I wanna give you just a couple tips this morning. Listen, now I'm going to go ahead and tell you straight up, I had not figured this out yet. So mine are 28 and 25. They're, They're on into their married season of life. We did the best we could, but we were not perfect. We did not do everything right. But one of the things we did to fight for unity, we never spoke ill of each other to anyone, including our children. Did we agree all the time? Oh, no. Ann and I are as opposite as night and day. And y'all know the phrase, opposites attract, then opposites attack. All right, and so that happens in life. So we were very, very different, but we made a decision early on. We would never talk bad about each other. To her friends, to my friends, we only spoke kind about each other. Second thing was, we never spoke about the other one to the to the kids. I would never get Casey in the car and go, "Can you believe what mom did? Can you believe how crazy mom is about this?" I never did that. Why? Because kids are looking to create space between you already, and all they want is a little bit of light. And they will pull. They will put. And unint- they're not intentional about it, but unintentionally, all they want is the answer they want. They don't care what the ramifications are to that answer. So we had another rule. One of our other rules was to let your yes be yes and your no be no, meaning if mom said yes, the answer's yes. If mom said no or I said no, Ann would back me up. Let your yes be yes and no be no. We didn't, we didn't waver and there were some non-negotiables and here's the deal, I'll be honest, we were not trying to win the award as our kids' best friends. We were their parents. And guess what? There were some times that we were not popular. And there were some times our children lovingly closed the door very hard, all right, in our, in our home. But we were parenting for the end result, not for the middle. And we made a decision before we even had kids. These, these are the things that matter. The third, the third part of it was we guarded our calendar. Here's what I've learned about calendar. Ready? it will do whatever I tell it to do. So whatever is most important should go in the calendar. If it doesn't go in the calendar, it must not be very important. How many of y'all work? Raise your hand. How many of y'all have tasks you have to accomplish for work? How many of you just end up doing great at your job because you just showed up and you look beautiful? Anybody? Oh, there's one. All right, here we go. We got one down front. Most everybody's gotta be intentional about work. We schedule sales calls. We schedule meetings. We schedule all the things. Think about this. But we think our marriage is just going to end up being great. I want you to write a little thought down. If we don't work at it, we will end up working on it. If we don't work at it constantly, you never arrive as a great parent, you will end up working on it. And the final thing, we're going to move into our points. We chose to believe the best about each other. It was a choice. Have you ever said something and it came out differently than how you wanted it to come out? I know, none of y'all have ever, the 930 crowd's terrible about this, but anyway, so some of us do that, right? We say it, we're like, no, no, no that's not what I meant. We made, a, we made a habit, and we tried to make it a habit. We didn't always do great at it. <clears throat> we made it a habit that we would choose to believe, meaning if Ann said something I didn't think sounded right, I would say, here's what I heard you say. Is that what you meant? No, 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 that's not what I meant. And it kept us out of a lot of ditches in our relationship. Because I'm going to tell you something. Building a great marriage when we did it was hard. Building one in your generation with kids is harder than mine. They've got phones, there's more stuff going on. Doing it when I did it was harder than when my parents did it. Because there just wasn't much. I mean, there were, our baseball back then was 16 games when I was growing up. That was it. And then it was football season. And you played football, and when football's over, you play basketball, and basketball's over, you play baseball, soccer, whatever you did in the spring. There weren't year long sports. It's harder. It, your generation's harder. So, what are some simple things we can do to fight for unity in our marriage? Principle number one, ready? Keep dating your spouse. And these are like baseline principles. Keep dating your spouse. 99.9% of all the people that get married in the world, you dated before you got married. You fell in love with each other. And there was some guy... Putting on cologne, he bought him a new shirt. He cleaned his car up, and he'd make reservations at Applebee's, and so he'd get everything all. Is that not nice? But anyway, so he'd get everything all shined up. He would even there was some there are some men in here that are grown now, and they they uh, don't look like they used to, but they even made mixtapes. All right, they did. They get their their love songs on them, and the whole bit, all to go out on a date to win the other person over. Why do we stop? Well, they're mine now. We're married. I'm telling you, you want to build a great marriage? You got to keep dating. I want you to look at what scripture says in Ecclesiastes. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you what? All right, help me out. Enjoy life with your wife whom you what? Love. Keep dating. What does that take? I want you to write down a couple things. It takes intentionality. So either I'm gonna let all the ball teams tell me what my schedule looks like or I'm gonna build in a date in the midst of all this and they're going to be okay. So Ann and I would typically when our kids were little, we may get away overnight like every couple months. I know some couples that are great, they'll do it every month. We may every couple months do an overnight. It was not a lot. And I don't know when they were growing up if we ever did many weeks away. And that was us. We should have, but we didn't. But we did date. We did. We did find time. Why? Because you begin like this, you do this, if you let all this happen, then you begin to go this way. Dating gives us a, 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 a chance. I want you to write this little thought down, ready? To lock eyes with each other. It's amazing how many couples will come in for counseling and I will say, I want you to turn your chairs towards each other and I want you to look each other in the eye and they will say, that's the first time we've looked at each other in forever. I'm going to tell you, this doesn't just happen. It takes work. Keep dating your spouse. Well, second thing I want you to write under that, ready? Learn their love language. And this is an older book. It, there's a crazy thing about love languages by Gary Chapman. It sells more every year that the book's been out. It's one of the only books in history that the sales keep going up. Why? Because the dynamics of relationships are still the same. So Gary Chapman in his book, and he wrote it after many years of counseling, he, he came to the, to the uh, understanding that you have all these couples in there that walk in and they're opposites. And everybody, he calls it, everybody's got a different love tank, right? So your love tank may be words of affirmation, you're a words person. It may be gifts you like receiving gifts or giving usually your love language is what of these do you like doing gifts physical touch is a love language I remember doing premarital with a couple I hope you're not in here doing premarital with a couple years this was years ago and his number one love language was physical touch and she hated to be touched and I went good luck all right <laughs> so I don't really know what to tell you here all right so physical touch um quality time is a love language and acts of service, love language. Every one of you have one primary and one secondary. Ann and I get married, 1991, fall in love at Liberty. We get married. I move her eight hours from home. She don't, literally, we don't know a soul in this area. We had two friends from college, and that was it. And we move here to Kennesaw and begin to do life together, and I was all in about being great. Like, I wanna be great, that's just how I'm wired, and whether I ever end up being that way, that's what I'm driven, and so I was in student ministry at the time, and I wanted to be great, so I was on campuses all the time, and back then it was just North Cobb-Harrison, were my two campuses that I was on, and I was over at a ball game all the time, doing something, and I remember, it's probably year one or two of marriage, it was Valentine's week, hint, hint, this week, or so it's Valentine's week, and I was telling her about an event that I was putting on for our students and I was calling it a stupid Cupid party and I had all these crazy ideas and I was running it by her because she's my biggest fan. And I'm running it by her. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, ah, it sounds good. I'm like, what? She's like, ah, it sounds good. And I said, what, what does that mean? And she said, I think you love those kids more than you love me. And I went, I don't like most of the kids actually. And so I'm enduring them. I really don't like them that much why would you say that? She goes, I don't know. It was probably a month later that we went to love languages workshop. And I found out, you know what her love language is? Words of affirmation or quality time. You know what mine is? Words of affirmation. She's all quality time. A great day to Ann is just when I'm home. Guess what? I was never, I was never home. I was gone all the time. I'm telling her, listen, I'm really good with words. Baby, I love you. I'd leave notes. I would stop, there used to be a guy in Kennesaw that sold roses out of his yard. They were a dollar a piece. I would stop and buy her a rose. I would leave it for all the, I mean, all the stuff every woman dreams of, right? I mean, so I'm doing all this stuff all the time. And I'm like, how could you ever say that to me? And I learned in that workshop, I'm not making deposits into our relationship. I'm making withdrawals. And she is on the bottom. Well, I'm words and doesn't need a lot of words. She is not a verbose person. And we made a decision from that point on, we were going to lean into each other, that I was going to give quality time every day, best I could make deposits, and she was going to give words. And we began a journey of doing that together as a couple. And I'm telling you, if I hadn't have gone to that, we would have had a good marriage, not a great marriage. We'd have been fine. We'd have made it, but it wouldn't have been great. And we began that journey in words like, we could pull out, Casey's here to verify this, we could pull out of Kennesaw and drive to Hilton Head, drive to the beach, and not say a word to each other. And Ann would get there and go, wasn't that the best day ever? I'm like, I need oxygen. I'll pull over to rest stop to speak to people. I need to use my words, right? Got to talk a little bit. And so, like, now we do texts. Like, I'll get a text today from Ann. Thinking about you. Look forward to dinner tonight. Hope the baseball game goes great. Hope your meetings are good. You know, blah, blah, Just Just a, a really a text today. And I'd noticed about a year or two ago, there's a pattern to those texts. I think she has them in a notes file and she <laughs> cuts and pastes them. She's on Pinterest. Nice things to say. But anyway, so. But, but you keep dating. Here's why. I know this is hard for some of you that are in the middle of this. One day this is all gone. It's just the two of you. And the strength of what you have will be determined by how much you've seen each other in the middle of it. This is no lie. One year at a local high school, one year, graduation happened. There were five separations after graduation. They were hanging on for the kids. They didn't know each other anymore. These aren't five people in the community. These are five people at North Star who quit dating. And they just let life rule. They let kids rule. Number two, because this ties into that, keep Jesus in the center of your marriage, not your kids. The greatest gift you will ever give your children is a marriage centered in Jesus. Think about this. If we lock eyes with each other and we lock eyes with Jesus every day and we grow that way, how do you not build a great marriage? It doesn't matter how smart, listen, our IQ Ann and I could put our SAT scores together and it would equal one of your children's SAT scores. So this isn't an IQ test. This is a, are you willing to work at a test? Keep Jesus in the center. I love how Paul told Timothy, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Your parenting is only as effective as your example. I'm all about hitting lessons. I think hitting lessons are great. Awesome. All of them. Cheer, dance, tutoring. Wonderful. Wonderful greatest gift you will give your kids is not just a hitting lesson. It's a picture of a mom and a dad who are doing the very best they can to walk towards Jesus and walk towards each other. Moms and dads, this is a season Then it's gone. I loved this season. I love the season we're in now. It's just her and I. Our world is looking to see what it looks like for a couple to do this right. It's not easy. I'm telling you, it's not easy. That's why we have groups. That's why we're here to pray for you. Some of you, you walked in this room today, and y'all are Chris and Caitlin, what we pictured. Today, best gift you'll give each other is to grab each other's hands and go, we're gonna do this right. It's never too late to start doing what's right. 2012 was a hellacious year. For us, we went through a lot as a church. My son was graduating from high school. And I was depressed. And I don't get get depressed very often. I was depressed. I was struggling. And I remember sitting on the edge of our bed one night, and I said, baby, I don't know what to do. And I'll never forget these words. And grabbed my hands... And she said, I want you to look at me. All I want you. I don't care where we live. I don't care what you do. If we got a roof over our heads and we got each other, we got enough. We couldn't have done that if we'd have been at opposite ends of the stage. And I'll tell you this, it takes work. But it's always worth the work. Would you pray with me? If you're married here today and your spouse is sitting next to you, would you grab their hand real quick? Would you pray for them? Would you pray for you? Pray for who you're becoming, not just who you are. Father, thanks for meeting us here today. Thanks for walking in our spaces and our places. God, today may we live, live and leave with who you're wanting us to be. And Father, that is my prayer. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Would y'all give the Lord a hand and thank you for our time together this morning.